The following program is recorded content created by the Truth Network. It's Matt Slick Live. Matt is the founder and president of the Christian Apologetics Research Ministry, found online at CARM.org. When you have questions about Bible doctrines, turn to Matt Slick Live for answers. Taking your calls and responding to your questions at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Hey everybody, welcome to the show. It's me, Matt Slick, and you're listening to Matt Slick Live. Today's date is January 5th, 2024. And uh hope you can enjoy the show today as we well, as we try and answer questions and uh and stuff like that. All right. So we are live in Clubhouse. Hopefully you can see or hear me in there. And also uh we're on on um Rumble. Rumble. And we're also in Facebook and YouTube and stuff like that. So we have wide open lines. Why don't you give me a call? 877-20-72276. And uh, we can talk. And if you want to, you can email me. Info at karm.org. Info at karm.org. And that's C-A-R-M dot O-R-G. And, uh, okay, good, good, good. And uh, you can just give, send me an email with, uh, let's see, a radio question or radio comment in there uh, in the topic and that's what I'm looking for right now is seeing if anything new came in recently here we go radio on-air question there's one so I'll move that over there and uh, let's see oh yeah that's right that's right gotta do that TikTok stuff radio questions yeah there's so much there's a lot to do <laughs> you know I, I say this every now and then but I say man I'm so busy uh, there's so much to do and I just saw, remembered something um, you, the the poor Christians in Nigeria. I, I can't give you too many details because they're just gruesome. The Muslims uh, in Nigeria are going into the towns, folks uh, in the outer outskirts, and doing horrendous things to people, not just killing them and beheading and other stuff. They are evil. They're demonic, and hundreds of of uh, Christians are being killed. Uh, they've gone into churches and uh, just I can't even tell you what they're doing it's bad uh, into Christian churches and, and doing stuff and the Nigerian government really isn't doing much isn't uh, really doing a whole bunch and so uh, and the reason I know this is because we have our Friday meetings and our guy in Nigeria is filling us in there are a few places that will talk about this stuff but um uh, you know, I just want to let you guys know that you can pray so that you can pray for um, for the people in Nigeria and the Christians. Now, the question is, do we have the right of physical self-defense as Christians, or do we just let people kill us? Uh, just so you know, we have the right of physical self-defense. And Jesus says in Luke twenty-two thirty-six, 36, uh, he says, Go, you know, do you, uh, you have a sword? He goes, no, we have two cloaks, okay? And uh, he says, go buy one. He says, uh, he says, whoever has a money belt is to take it along. Likewise, also a bag. Whoever has no sword is to sell his coat and buy one. So that's what he's saying, Luke twenty-two thirty-six. 36. Um, so uh, this is what Jesus said, Luke twenty-two thirty-six. 36. Okay. Uh, if, uh, whoever has no sword is to sell his coat and buy one. 
So the commentators basically deal with this by saying that it's uh, it's talking about self-defense, and I agree, it's self-defense. Christians have the right of self-defense. You have the right to be able to defend yourself. You don't have the obligation to, but you do have the obligation to defend others. And uh, so, uh, let's see, physical force. I, I wrote an article about this, and. Uh, it's a tough subject, but do Christians have the right of physical self-defense? I wrote this in August of 2021, and the answer is yes. It's permitted, but it's not ob obligatory. That's Exodus 22.2, Luke 11.21, and 22.36. Uh, uh, we have the right, right uh, an obligation to defend others. Psalm 82.4, rescue the weak and the needy, deliver them from the hand of the wicked. And Proverbs 24.11 says, rescue those who are being taken away to death hold back those who are stumbling to the slaughter. And uh, I can give you a lot of other references for different topics, but we are not to take vengeance. We are to seek peace whenever possible. Uh, we can flee to avoid persecution, and we're to pray for our persecutors. We're to love our enemies. We're to be spiritual battle, must defend the true gospel, etc. But we are to also to resist evil doers, whether small in number or large. Now, that's 82, Psalm 82, 3 through 4. Give justice to the weak and the fatherless. Maintain the right of the afflicted and destitute. Rescue the weak and the weak and needy. Deliver them from the hand of the wicked. In Isaiah one seventeen, learn to do good. Seek justice. Correct oppression. Bring justice to the fatherless. Plead the widow's cause. And believe it or not, we're to resist bad governments. And I can get into those scriptures too. So. Um, pray that the Christians there would learn that they have the right to, to defend themselves. And that reminds me, there's a, uh, a movie uh, Gerard Butler played in it, The Machine Gun Preacher. True story, Machine Gun Preacher. Now, how far do we go? But there's a, a movie they made about this guy who uh, who's a bad guy. He got saved, became a pastor. He, he uh, became too zealous, but uh, he went over to Africa a lot and machine gun preacher all right you can check that movie out let me watch it again just because i like to watch stuff like that to uh, see what Christian people are doing around the world but the thing is that uh the christians are being slaughtered in nigeria and other places in the world and the media here is not mentioning a stinking thing about it if it was muslims being slaughtered the media would jump in and, and call the christians barbarians but when it's christians being slaughtered no one cares this is how it's been throughout history so I'm just going to ask that you would uh, remember to uh, lift them up in prayer. And uh, our, our guy who is there is going to be, um, he's going to be publishing the article that I've written uh, that we have the right of self-defense and trying to get people to learn to defend themselves. If I was over there, I'd be, personally, I'd be organizing people to do that, just, just that, going around teaching them what to do. And I'm not a military guy. I don't know anything, but they have the right of self-defense. And uh, this, these Muslim pigs, uh, these these filthy, vile, demonically possessed, um, uh, you know, ungodly, evil people, you know, use Islam as a justification to kill. And they do this. It's just demonic. So pray for uh, the persecutors as well, that they would be uh, saved, convicted by the Lord Jesus Christ, because it's him that they're persecuting. All right, let's just jump on the air with uh, Don from Spokane. Hey, Don, welcome. You're on the air. Hey, thank you. Mm -hmm. Okay, sure. so 
last night in your Bible study, I thought of a question for you today, and okay. I think this is a good way to say it. How, how do rewards work in heaven? I don't know. And is that... Okay. I don't know. I don't know. Do we get uh, bigger shoes? Do we have our wings are faster? Uh, do we get to be closer with the Lord? Yeah. Uh, get to, we get a, our free uh, a galaxy to take care of. I, I just, I just don't know. Well, I didn't. Uh, I there. Okay, so I had some people tell me that um, we're going to be judges. Hold on a second. Yes, that's true. That we're going to be judges, and depending on what we do will depend on which rank we're going to have in heaven. I'm like, where did you find that? Because I don't, I never read anything about a rank. I don't even know what that means. Like, do we have different levels of heaven? I don't, okay, good. We we have different rewards. Different rewards. And when someone says something like that, different rank in heaven, say, show that to me in the scriptures. Yeah, that's what I said. Okay. Good. And a lot of times what they'll do is they might go to something like Revelation twenty two twelve. Behold, I'm coming quickly, and my reward is with me to render to every man according to what he's done. And then they'll say, see, there's the ranking. And you go, there's not anything about ranking there. This has different rewards. Uh, so, you know, and they'll do that kind of okay. thing. So I don't know what it means. And the Bible doesn't tell us. So uh, we can just, you know, offer conjectures. Me, I would like to be able to fly instantly anywhere in the universe and visit galaxies. <laughs> To me, that's a good idea. Uh, okay, so, same. Uh, that sounds fair. Yeah, that would be great. You know, there's trillions of galaxies out there. Maybe we can get 50 or 60 each. <laughs> you know, and, and, you know, cabillions of stars. Of course, the greatest reward is just being with Jesus, you know, being close to him. That's the that's best That's what I was saying last night. I thought that was our reward with salvation. But Paul talks it about is. how rewards are burnt, like he's going to throw it in a yes. fire. Mm-hmm. And or our works and whatever is good is saved, but the rest isn't. And I had that confused with salvation when I was a Catholic. Right. So anyway, that's That's why it was kind of messing with my head. Yes, because the Catholic Church, I just heard it today, uh, listening, I was running errands, listening to the local Catholic station, I was listening to them. And, you know, the the blasphemies that they just promote as odor truth, it, it was just... Wish I could reach into the radio and yell into the studio. These people are speaking the, these lies, you know. And, uh, and one guy was saying about how he has to. This is what you do: you go to the church, you get the sacraments, you hope that you make it on the day of judgment. You hope that you can make it when you die. You go to heaven. I'm like holy, you know. It's just anyway. So uh, we do have rewards and loss of rewards in heaven. So if God has given us certain gifts and we don't use them for His glory. Maybe for our own glory, well, loss of reward. But we're burned. still, I got you. Still in heaven, okay. Are those rewards the same as the crowns that they're going to give us that we throw at Jesus' feet? It looks or like is that's that different? the case. It looks like that is the case. So oh, Colossians good. I hope 3, that's what it is. I hope so, because yeah, <laughs> yeah. because I don't want to be. <laughs> I feel like double judged. You know, it's like oh crap. Yeah. Well, we. <laughs> <laughs> you talk like I do. So, uh, yeah, I, you know, Sorry. we're going to face God. It's going to be an embarrassing day, at least for me. I don't know about you guys, but I'm going to be I'm going to be really embarrassed. Oh, no, I'm terrified of it. I'm terrified. Yeah, well, whew. now that means we're, we're going to heaven. That's guaranteed. But I don't want anybody to know my thoughts. 
on my deeds. I don't. I don't want to. Yeah, that's the point. But on that day, that day is going to suck. That is. I'm sorry. I don't know if I can say that, but it's going to be horrible, and I'm. I'm going to be so embarrassed. And then all my friends will know. Right now, everybody will know everything. Correct. You got me cracking up because you say. The same stuff I say, the same way I say it. It's going to suck. It's it's just true. I know. It just freaked me out. I know. I was like, Mary, I was trying to talk to my husband about it, and he's newer. He's a newer Christian. He's not a baby, Uh but he's newer than I am. So when I asked him this, he's like, are you kidding me? Is this happening? And I freaked him out, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. I'll ask Matt. Jeez, go away. That's right. I'm glad you don't know. We're going to go to heaven, and there's going to be re- rewards and lots of rewards in heaven, and I don't know what that entails. The Bible doesn't tell us. So that's it. Okay. That, Yay. Just don't know. Thanks, Matt. Wow. Wish I did. I'd give you an even slicker I know. I wish answer. you did, too. <laughs> I wish I knew. <laughs> okay. But, but I don't. Absolutely. Well, thank you. Okay. And you enjoy your day, and you can get to the other callers. Thank you so much. You, too. God bless, Todd. All right. You too. All right. Well, good. <laughs> she does. She talks the same way I do with the same inflection and stuff like that. Crack me up. All right. Let's get to Dave from Kansas City. Dave, welcome to your on the air. That girl was an absolute delight. <laughs> yeah, she was. Yeah, I, I was enjoying she her. <laughs> she was great. Yeah. Oh, hey, there's a break. Hold on. <laughs> we got a break, buddy. Sorry about that. Just timing. All right. So hold on. And we'll get back on with you. Hey, folks, if, we, if you want to give me a call, it's uh, two open lines, 877-207-2276. We'll be right back after these messages. It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Right, everyone, welcome back to the show. All right, we have three open lines now, 877-207-2276. Back on with Dave. Dave, welcome. You're on the air. Yeah, I had a debate with the um, you know, the Hebrew Roots guys on the Trinity, and one of the friends of mine that was helping me with it, who agreed with the Trinity, got me into a little bit of a quandary with him. He's a word of faith guy. I will say he's word faith guy, pretty much, but... He claims that Jesus was begotten of the Father and the Holy Spirit in some heavenly realm. And uh, when I say begotten, when even the Confession of Faith, uh, I think the 1689 Baptist Confession of Faith has begotten in it, when something's begotten, doesn't that automatically connotate a moment in time that it was begotten? Yes and no. Okay. Yes and no. Okay. So let's work through this a little bit. So the Trinity, the the being who is God, who is triune in his nature, this triunity of his essence is, is a divinely simple. We call it divine simplicity. It means that God is one thing, and the one thing is triune. He's not three parts, a part the Father, part the Son, and part the Holy Spirit. The three persons who are the triune being exist in a perichoritic relationship. 
perichoresis is the mutual indwelling and that's natural and expected if the triune being is one being who exists in a triune sense along with this we have the idea the knowledge that God knows all things from forever ago it's not the case that God looks into the future to see who'll pick them and then he chooses them based on that that's heresy so when we talk about the doctrine of the Trinity and the intertrinitarian communion Hebrews 13:20, the blood of the eternal covenant what we're getting into now is the issue of priority there's a difference between logical priority and temporal priority so if the father is the one who sent the son and the son is the only begotten then we know from a temporal sense that Jesus was a begotten 2,000 years ago on the earth Correct. that's a temporal begetting what about the intertrinitarian relationship was there a begetting there and the answer is yes right. but it's not temporal it's logical so the illustration I use is regeneration mm -hmm. preceding faith and I use a light bulb so we have a light bulb and we put a, a light we put the switch on and electricity enters the light bulb and five seconds later the light comes on there's light emitted that will be temporal priority where electricity mm -hmm. is there and then a period of time later light mm -hmm. appears okay that's called temporal priority logical priority mm -hmm. means that when electricity is there the light is there at the same time but it is electricity that causes the light not light that causes the electricity so we say the electricity is logically prior they're simultaneous but they're there one is the cause of the other even though they're sim simultaneous simultaneous Okay. When we look at logical priority in the Godhead, we have the Father sending the Son because in Ephesians 1.4, he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. This means the Father elected people for salvation in Christ, but this could only happen if the, the second person of the Trinity was going to become us, one of us, to, to redeem us. So this is the eternal plan that has a logical priority to it. The logical priority being the Father setting the Son, but the Son was eternally sent. So the there is no temporal sense of, hey, now we're going to change states and change conditions, and now it's there. Because God knows everything eternally from all places, all time. It was always the case that the Son, the Word, would become the incarnate one, and hence the begotten one in our temporal realm, but in God's realm, it was eternal. So therefore, it's the eternal generation or the eternal begetting uh, of the Son, that he was eternally begotten, by the necessary will of the Father, that the Son is not created or caused in that sense of beginning, but that he was uh, uh, put, let's just say, for now, put in that position mm -hmm. of being the one who would be our Redeemer. and But that putting in the position mm -hmm. is eternal. There was no beginning to it. It was okay. all eternally understood and, right. and accomplished. Okay? So, so in the Confession, when it says, eternally begotten it a kind of misnomer really uh, it's eternal generations what they should have said back in 1689 right well yes and no but you have to understand okay uh, contexts because if they understood and everybody understood a certain term then that's the correct term of that time 
So when people mm-hmm. talk about eternal generation or the eternal begetting, because there's a, a, another sense which Jesus says, I proceed from the Father. Mm-hmm. And we have the mm-hmm. eternal procession. There's eternal okay. generation or procession and begetting. And these are kind of interrelated. So eternal generation is commonly defined as an eternal personal act of the Father, where, him, where by necessity mm-hmm. of nature, not by choice of will, he generates the person, not the essence of the Son, by communicating to him the whole indivisible substance of the Godhead without division, alienation, or change, uh, so that the Son is the express image of his Father's person and eternally continues, not from the Father, but in the Father and the Father and the Son. And that's a quote on my website from uh, Mind of Theology by A.A. A. Hodge. Okay, So this is a tough okay. one, but that's what's going on. Oh, it is. Oh, it, it's causing me to think. Another one was the uh, C.S. Lewis poem where he said, God uh, reached down and formed man out of the dust or the clay. And I can't remember the poem exactly, but he formed man out of the dust of the earth. He formed him and he looked down and he was forming him through nailed, scarred hands. Yes and no. Okay. <laughs> no and no. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, some of with C.S. Lewis stuff, he needs to be yeah. refined. Okay. Yeah. But um, so, did he do that? In one sense, yes. In another sense, no. The sense in that the mm-hmm. crucifixion and the eternal work of the Son was eternally proclaimed, and so therefore it's going okay. to happen. And so, from in the the the, the logically mm-hmm. true and necessary, it's going to happen. Sense, yeah. But in the it hadn't temporal, temporally happened for us, no. So it depends wow. on the sense in which you're looking at it, but uh, the clarification wow. is always good. Wow, thank you so much. I mean, it's still a, an area that I, I relied too much on remembering theological terms in my Bible college without actually having ever had to debate them and follow them through. Now I'm going to a whole other realm, and it's just getting tough. So thank That's you. Good. No, it's good. See, when people ask questions like this, uh, mm-hmm. what happens is you have to learn to articulate them, and then you get an objection to the articulation, and you have to refine the articulation. Mm-hmm. And to do that, you just mm-hmm. grow in your knowledge and your understanding. And the reason I'm able to answer you is because that's what happened to me. I had to, I had to go research. <laughs> and so I do, yeah. you know. And, and then sometimes people on the radio will ask me a question, and I will open up my file and I will go and then start uh, putting the questions in. That's what I do. Okay? So no big deal. Well, thank you very right, much. Buddy. And I think everybody needs to support you. Oh, wow. Thanks. I appreciate that. We do need it. All right. All right. Okay, God bless. Hey, folks, we have wide open lines. Nobody waiting. If you want to give me a call, please do. 877-207-2276. We'll be right back. It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. All right, everyone, welcome back to the show. All right, now, since we have nobody waiting, yay, uh, on Fridays, I get to do hate mail and wacko mail. And so that's what I'm going to do right now, is get into some wacko mail. And uh, for those of you who have not experienced the delight of wacko mail, let me just say that it's a pleasure 
to read what some people say. Now, I'm not trying to make fun of them, not the individual, but sometimes when they speak, they don't have all their paws in the litter box. And then they'll say things, and I'm going to have, you know, I'm just going to talk about it and read through some stuff. So I've got one right here. Uh, now, we have different categories. We have uh, hate mail, and we have wacko mail. Now, hate mail is, man, you are no good. You know, you're stupid. And that's hate mail. Wacko mail is like this. My hope for you all is to become saved. There's thousands of unsaved pastors and millions of unsaved believers. Jesus never started a new denomination called Churchanity. And there's no such thing as a Sunday sermon in the Bible. Now, I guess I can't let stuff like this go. Because, well, yes, there is stuff on, on, uh, on Sundays in the Bible. And it's because the guy's <laughs> he's not thinking. In Acts 20, verse 7, on the first day of the week, that's Sunday. When we were gathered together to break bread, Paul began talking to them, intending to depart the next day. He prolonged his message until midnight. Now, this is Sunday evening when he was doing this. All right. On 1 Corinthians uh, 16, 1 through 2. Now, concerning the collection for the saints, I directed the churches of Galatia. So do you also, on the first day of every week, let each one of you put aside and save as you may prosper, that no collections be made when I when I come. That's a tithing thing. Revelation 1, 10 through 11. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. That's Sunday. And I heard behind me a loud voice with the sound of a trumpet saying, write in the book, and so, etc., etc. So, I mean, the idea of them doing things on Sunday included preaching and teaching and tithing on the first day of the week. So when the person says, there's no such thing as a Sunday sermon, well, yes, there is. He just has to open the Bible and do this difficult thing called studying. All right, he says, salvation is a conditional and relational word. Salvation and or saved is not a one-time occurrence. Oh, really? So you get saved over and over and over and over again? I was talking to somebody online, and, you know, can you lose your salvation? Yes. Can you get it back? Yes. Can you then lose it again? Yes. Can you get it back? Yes. Can you lose it again? Yes. Can you get it back? So what keeps you in? Well, what keeps you in is being good, is, is having faith in God. Is having faith a good thing? Well, yes. Well, then aren't you saying you keep yourself right with God by how faithful you are to God? You know, it, 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 to me, it's simple. Yeah, salvation's a one-time thing. God saves me. I don't have to maintain my salvation with him by my goodness. Anyway, he goes on. It's a present tense, real-time state of being, not a once-upon-a-time confession. Yeah, that's what he thinks. There's no such thing as a sinner's prayer or Sunday church in the Bible. Well, I just showed him in the Bible that there is a Sunday um, prayer. And did you know... There is a sinner's prayer in the Bible. And I'm going to show it to you right now. You go to Luke 18, starting at verse 9. And also, he told this parable to some people who were trusting in themselves that they were righteous and viewed others with contempt. Jesus said, Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and was praying this to himself, God, I thank you that I'm not like other people, swindlers, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I pay tithes of all that I get. But the tax collector, standing some distance away, was even unwilling to lift up his eyes to heaven, but was beating his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, the sinner. I tell you, this man went to his house justified rather than the other. So that was a sinner, and he prayed 
and he was saved. That is a sinner's prayer. And it's in the Bible. People say the sinner's prayer is not in there. Well, the modern form of it, but don't say there's no sinner's prayer in the Bible because, well, there is. That's what it is right there. You know, I show people that. You go, I didn't know that. Okay, so uh, pre-trib rapture, this guy goes on, isn't for the generic lukewarm man-made pagan Sunday churches. Wow. So, you know, wording like this is interesting. So the pre-trib rapture isn't for the generic lukewarm. Well, what about the non-generic lukewarm? Because I always want to know. If you, what, if you're, what does it mean to non, be a non-generic lukewarm person? I don't know. Maybe that means, uh, I don't know, I could come up with something clever to say. I can't even think. What's a non-generic, a special lukewarm person? Maybe he has three legs. Yeah, he's a special lukewarm person. Well, that guy over there is generic. He has two legs. So I don't know. And man-made pagan Sunday churches. So uh, he blew that one. The rapture is for his true bride only. Uh, yeah. John 3.29. He who has the bride is, who has the bride as a bridegroom, bridegroom will never be started. New John denomination, churchanity. Uh, I don't know of any denomination called churchanity. Anyone who isn't doing his will for their life will be left behind. Matthew 7.21. Whoa. Boy, he took that out of context. You know, people just... You know, they shouldn't. Some people should not. <laughs> they shouldn't be allowed to think out loud. Sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right. Let's get to uh, let's get uh, the giggler. Uh, welcome. You're on the air. Hey, Matt. How you doing, brother? Been a while. All right. Hanging in there. Hanging in there, man. What do you got? I wanted to talk to you about the problem of divine hiddenness, which I would say for me would be like, if you were to ask me, what's your biggest stumbling block in coming to Christianity? I would say problem mm -hmm. of divine hiddenness. And can you define that? Because people have different definitions of that. What do you mean? Oh, sure. For me, it's that um, God appears to be hidden. Uh, let me give you the, the atheist perspective on divine hiddenness. Um, supposedly, um, there's this guy, Jesus, who's all-powerful and is everywhere and wants to be my friend. But I, I, he's, he's never, like, showed up for dinner. And I'm baffled by that. Okay. Who says he wants to be your friend? Where'd you get that? Oh, interesting. Okay. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people just say stuff, you know. And we, I know you and I have talked before on, on the net. And uh, hold on. I turn my throat. And I, I've said this in our chat rooms and things like this, that a lot of times Christians just don't know what they're saying, and they just assume certain things. Jesus wants to be your friend. Maybe not. Because Psalm 5.5 5 and Psalm 11.5 says, God hates all who do iniquity. Does he want to be your friend? Well, I don't know. Does he have a desire to save you personally? Because if he wants to, all he's got to do is show his glory to you. That's all he's got to do. But he hasn't. Maybe maybe you're one of the ones that he's just going to just let go to hell. This is something you have to face. It might be the case. Right? Yeah? Are you there? Yeah, yeah. I suppose that is a possibility. Hmm. Oh, it is. Biblically, it's a definite possibility. And you've heard me teach theology in these rooms, and I tell, stuff, I tell people stuff like this. And I go, this is what the scripture says. 
Because the Bible tells us in um, in Romans 9, for example, Romans 9, 20, uh, I'm going to read, uh, it says, uh, right, 21, 22, and 23, or does not the potter, that's God, have a right over the clay to make for the same lump one vessel for honorable use and another for common use? What if God, although willing to demonstrate his wrath and to make his power known, endured with much patience vessels of wrath prepared for destruction? And he did so to make known the riches of his glory upon vessels of mercy, which he prepared beforehand for glory. So I don't know which one you are. I don't either, Matt. And I guess uh, based on that, my question for you would be, what can I do? And it sounds like you're saying nothing. I just have to wait and see. Well, there's a yes and a no to that. So what can you do? Well, it depends. Do you want to find out? If, if, if he's decided already, does it matter what I do? Yes. Because are, are, you, are, you, are you suggesting I have some power over his decision based on my no. choices? No. Well, it seems that. like you are, though. No? Hmm. Uh-uh. But I know you. You see, I, we've talked before. And I know that you. Yeah. what you'll do is you ask a question and you find a reason to, well, and I, mean, I don't mean this in a mean way, but you find a reason to not re receive it, to not believe it, to not accept it. You always do that. And, you know, understand, I'm not mad at you or anything like that. And I think you're articulate, intelligent, and polite. But this is what you do. Thank you. So you're, you're, all you're doing is doing what you want to do. So let me ask you, do you want to find the Lord Jesus? Really? <clears throat> well, I, I would disagree that all I'm doing is what I want to do. But that's a different conversation. Um, well, that's another topic. Do, do you're you, right. But do you want do to you, find Jesus? Do you want... Do you want to find the truth that, well, you got a break coming? Yeah, we do. Oh, good for you. It's one of the reasons I like talking to you. Uh, we've had so many good conversations. You're, <laughs> you're, you're a polite guy. And you're still welcome over my house, you know, get your steak and stuff like that. But hold on. We'll be right back, okay? Hey, folks, we'll be right back after these messages, and we'll talk to Giggler, who I've had many conversations with. He's an atheist. It'll be interesting. It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. All right, everybody, welcome back to the show. Let's get back on with the giggler. You still there? I am. All right. Now, there's more to this, but uh, where were we? Let's break. I heard you mention I was an atheist, and uh, I am an atheist. Um, yeah. I, I am thoroughly convinced that no god or gods exist. Mm -hmm. I, I'm convinced we live in a non-God uh, universe, mm -hmm. uh, world, whatever terminology you want to use. Mm -hmm. Let me ask you: Would you agree with this statement? If God, if Christianity is true, atheism is false. I, I don't. I don't think you could apply a true or false to atheism. No, so it, it is logically necessary. No, it's logically necessary. If Christianity is true, then atheism is false. It's logically necessary. You have to say, yes, that's a true statement. I, I don't okay. think you could apply a truth or false to the atheism. Um, atheism is a lack of belief in something. I don't no, know how not. that can be true or false. It's either See, right or not right, correct or incorrect. No, but it's correct. True or false, I, don't, I don't buy it. It's correct logically. It is true. It has truth value propositionally. 
that if it's the case that Christianity is true, it's also the case that atheism is not true. And if you say atheism is a lack of belief, it's not really accurate. Because what you're doing is you're just asserting a personal preference uh, of a definition. The dictionaries all over the place don't, generally speaking, don't go with that kind of definition. Furthermore, if it's just a lack of belief in something, I can tell you that a lack of belief is regarded as something that you are not aware of. But if I tell you uh, that there's a specific concept. You either uh, hold back judgment on its actuality or truth value, or you just simply deny it. And so you make you uh, believe, uh, you affirm, deny, or you uh, hold back judgment. So lacking I doesn't was, work. I was being too resistant. If if Christianity is true, then atheism is false. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, that's true. So then, athe uh, we would say Christianity provides the necessary pr uh, conditions for intelligibility. If it does, no, then it's true. We, we would not. You would. You would say that. We would not say that. You would say. Oh, that. I don't care. But that's just it. You would have to then say this is why Christianity can't do that. And if you can't oh, okay, falsify so, um, that, you're in trouble. I, I think I see where you're going here, and I'm going to try to cut you off at the pass, if I may. Sure. Try. Okay. So, um, you ever seen a card trick? Yes. You ever seen a really impressive card trick? I uh, I guess so. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, do you guess or have you seen an impressive card? Well, trick? I've seen card tricks. Uh, I don't remember all card trick instances and memories to say which one subjectively was really impressive or not. I've seen lots of have card you, tricks. Have you ever seen a card trick where you didn't know how the person did the trick, but the trick was very impressive? Yeah. It, yeah. Of course. All right. Now, let's imagine that situation where you see a very impressive card trick. And the person who does the trick, you say to them, you say, wow, that was amazing. I have no idea how you did that. And they say to you, it was magic. And you say, I, I, don't, I don't think it was magic. And they say to you, well, then you need to show me how I did the trick because either it was magic or you show me how I did it. These are your only two options. You don't get to say magic isn't real unless you can show me how I did this trick. If you don't know how I did the trick, you have to acknowledge magic is real. Now, what would you say, Matt, in this specific situation? Would you then acknowledge magic is real? Um, I would get you back on track. Because you're just doing a different analogy and trying to make a truth statement out of an analogy, and which isn't always I would necessary. like an answer to my question, Matt, unless you don't want to have this conversation, which is fine. Wow. You don't have to. Come on, you got to be polite now. I've told people you're polite. Are you going to continue to be polite or not? What would you do in that situation, Matt? Would uh, you acknowledge just, magic was real, or would we, you? Ex we know there's no such in, thing in as magic. In the situation where you, in the situation, right? We, how do we, how do we know there's no okay. such thing as magic? You're Matt? not. You're, okay, you think, you're you not. Think donkeys, you're not thinking you critically. Think donkeys talk, Matt. How, how can okay. you think magic's Hold not up. real? Giggler, giggler. Hold on. You're not thinking critically, okay? If Christianity is true, then atheism is false. It took you a bit to admit that, but that's necessary logically. Christianity provides. Now you're trying a to get premise. back on script, and I respect that. But well, hold on. Let, let, I'm, let's I'm trying to show you where I was taking you. You weren't taking me anywhere. It was a dead end okay, because we don't believe in magic. Yeah, I, I we think, don't believe. I think your audience 
saw it, even if you no. didn't, they've already seen where this is going, and they've already no, no, seen no. how you've look, lost. Look, you can try look, to dig your way out of the hole. Look, Go ahead. It's fine. I'm trying. There's no hole because you don't understand the issue. I'm trying to get you on something mm-hmm. to show, get you to focus, and you're the one who yeah, digressed. Yeah, you're trying to get me back on script, Giggler. Matt. You're trying Giggler. to get me back on script, Giggler. and I get that. Giggler. But you're you're Giggler. losing this conversation, which is fine. Okay, whatever you want to say. Now, can't if it's the case that Christianity is true, then it should be able to provide a rational reason, justified true belief reasons on why there's universals, why there are universal truth values, why there's universal morals. We can explain the issue of the one and the many, as well as universals, particulars, and relationships. These are the fundamental aspects that deal with knowledge, justification, and rationality from which you're trying to argue. So you don't with, realize with that what you're respect, doing. Matt, hold on, I, hold on, hold on. What you're doing is you're actually trying to use logic to verify your position, but the logic only works in my worldview. So you don't even realize that what you're doing ultimately is undermining your own your own atheistic uh, assumptions. You have to demonstrate to me that Christianity cannot then provide the necessary preconditions for intelligibility. It's not magic. Matt, Matt, I don't have to demonstrate that to you any more than you have to demonstrate to the person doing the card trick how they did the trick. You can simply tell them that magic's not real. You don't have to. Giggler, logic. You're not thinking logically. If it's the case that Christianity is true, then atheism is false. I'm giving you the reason Christianity is true. So therefore, if you can't refute that, then atheism is false. Modus ponens, modus ponens, you no, get into this stuff with Matt, logic. Matt, Matt that, was, that, was the, that was the whole point of the card trick example. I, I don't have to, I don't I have to do. provide evidence that I know how the card trick was done to tell okay. you magic is not real, right? We, we, you, you we both that, agree. Right? Like, we're on the same page. We both page. agree. Magic is not okay. real, so we don't use magic no, in this. We atheists, don't. Matt, you atheists think magic are the is one. Real. Giggler, you Giggler, think Giggler, talk. Giggler, you think Giggler, rise from the Giggler, dead, Matt. You think Giggler, magic is real. Deal Giggler, with it. You're not being nice. Why are you being so bad? I am. You think you magic are is being real, horrible. dude? Just why? Why okay. can't? Why can't you just say Giggler, you think stop? Magic I'm gonna have to real. stop you. I'm gonna have to stop you. If you don't don't maintain, I'm gonna have to get rid of you. I'm asking, trying to be polite with you. You're just demonstrating. Bad. You're demonstrating your atheism. Jesus says, "Out of the abundance of the heart, to, the mouth speaks." You're not listening. I am listening. We both don't agree. I mean, we, we both agree that yeah, magic doesn't exist. You're just yeah, saying the, the, a donkey. Look, the, if it's the case the that God exists, hold on, Giggler. You're not thinking critically. If it's the case that the okay. Christian Trinitarian God exists, then it's possible for Him to have a donkey talk. It's just simple. Yes. If this, if it's the yes. case, you've already admitted. If it's the case that Christianity yes. is true, then atheism yes. is false. The premise then has to be validated or invalidated. Are you able to invalidate the Christian premise? You have to falsify if it's it. The case the Christian God is true, it's possible for him to give Joseph Smith the golden plate. I totally agree with you, Matt. Yes, absolutely. If it's if he's true, so we say that the validation of Christianity in this argument is that it provides the necessary preconditions for all intelligibility. You're trying no, to argue intelligibly. You say that. How then you can you that, justify Matt. intelligibility you, from your atheism? How do you negate Matt, the just the but, Premise out of the Christian perspective. Can you tell me? Here's the thing, brother. 
Here's the thing, brother, and I think this is why you and I are always going to wind up disagreeing and then possibly fighting. But we're approaching it from different angles. So you're approaching the situation from, hey, God is real and therefore blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I'm approaching it from, hey, Matt's telling me there's this deity and I don't see it and I'm a little skeptical. Like he's, Matt is giving, Matt's telling me a vacuum and I think he's talking it up. I'm not so convinced that it will do the stuff he says it will do. Which one of us went to logic and which one of us went to magic? And tricks. You have the talking donkey. I, I don't have a talking donkey, Matt. You do. Which one of us? That's went irrelevant. To it's Basically. irrelevant. Giggler. Think. Really? It's, it's irrelevant. It's irre- Listen to me. Okay, I'm going to put you on hold. I'm going to put you on hold because you just can't keep quiet. The talking talking donkey is irrelevant to whether or not God is or is not, or Christianity is true or is not true. You presuppose that God doesn't exist, therefore that's not possible. You have to demonstrate now that God does not exist. As your position is, if you're going to require me to talk to you logically, you need to do the same thing. To simply state that a talking donkey is not possible because you presuppose your atheist worldview is simply to make an assumption and to presuppose its truth value. I can do the same thing and I presuppose that God exists, therefore he can make a a donkey talk. That's not a problem. Both statements deal with the issue of logic. You're not able to deal with the issue that I've raised to you. If Christianity is true, then atheism is false and Christianity is able to provide the necessary preconditions for intelligibility. If it can, it means atheism cannot. If you want to say that the premise I'm giving you, the second premise is false, then you need to attack Christianity and or provide the conditions in atheism by which universal truth values can be obtained. And if you can't do it, then you're just out of the argument. You don't know what's going on. And to go back and say, donkeys can't talk, is simply to beg the question and assume your position to be true, which you have not validated. This is why you're wasting time by going back to that. We're going to have to talk about this on, you know, in a chat room sometime, Giggler, okay? All right? I'm good. Because you're making logic errors. Your atheism is stopping you from thinking critically. You're making mistakes. We'll talk about it, okay? We got our callers waiting, okay, buddy? All right? Yep. Okay. Let's get to uh, Tammy. She's been waiting a long time from the East Coast. Tammy, welcome. You're on the air. Are you there? Hello. Hello. Thanks Hi. for having me. Um, I have a very succinct question. Um, there's no script necessary, so please feel free to answer as you please, Matt. Sure. And thank you for all you do, by the way. Um, CRM is a valuable tool for everyone who's looking for truth. Mm -hmm. So here's my question. Yes. We only have about 30 seconds. Sorry. Are you good? Yeah, go ahead. How does one best equip himself or herself? from outside, what do you say, aggressive influences in today's times with technology such as AI and chat GPT powers that are growing exponentially because I yes. see um, just but in my... can't answer it right now. I tell you what, I, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I want to hear you, but we've only got 20 seconds before the music starts. I'd like you to call back on Monday because that is an incredibly valuable question. 
And we need to talk about it. Oh, okay. Seriously. Well, now, then everyone has the weekend to think about it. <laughs> yes, they do. And I'm going to think about it, too, because it's a good one. So, see, there's a the music. We're out of time. I, I want you to call back Monday, okay? Uh, and if you can, please do. We'll talk about it, all right? Because that's a good question. So God bless, Tammy. Thank you. All right. Sorry we're not out of time on that one. Now, that would have been good. I hope she calls back Monday. May the Lord bless you. Have a great weekend, everyone. And by, your, by His grace, we'll be back on the air on Monday. Talk to you later. Another program powered by the Truth Network.